Hey, everybody. I am here with uh, my friend Jared Bundy. Uh, Jared is the Director of Digital Marketing at Laurel Highlands Visitors Bureau. Um, and I've known Jared, uh, my God, what, like a decade maybe? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. So uh, it seems like all the people I'm interviewing, I either don't know at all or I've known them for at least a decade. So all the people <laughs> I'm interviewing, I met around 2010. Uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to uh, jump on board here. You're doing awesome things. Thank you, sir. Uh, always appreciated. You flatter me. I'm getting a little red in the face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so uh, you work for Laurel Highlands Vis Visitors Bureau. You're the director of digital marketing. Uh, so primarily your industry is, is tourism marketing, right? Right. And how did you get into, well, first off, how did you get into the marketing industry in general? What was that, that touch point that said, I need to do this? Sure. Uh, yeah. So I did not start off as a marketing major at all uh, when I was in school. So I was at St. Vincent College and I was a comm major. So I was just going through kind of, you know, uh, you know, at St. Vincent, we have a lot of like core classes. So you have to take so many English, so many math, so many science and all of that. So I really just signed up for a marketing class sort of on a whim and I took consumer behavior and I don't know, something clicked, something clicked when I took that class and it completely changed uh, my outlook and really gave me a purpose for what I wanted to do in my career. Uh, so being able to understand consumer behavior, uh, kind of guided me and then I've always been able to kind of layer my communication work with that. Uh, so, you know, I'm still doing videography and things like that I've wanted to do in my career today. So, you know, in a way I feel very lucky and, and honored that I'm able to do, you know, really what I want to do with marketing, but still use all of my classes that I was taking at St. Vincent uh, and beyond. Right. Yeah, I feel like with what I do and what you do, there are a lot of crossover skills, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, uh, sometimes we just kind of organically find our way toward marketing. In fact, I would say communications is a bit more broad in general. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to do with marketing, but graphic design is almost always tethered to marketing. Absolutely. So, um, I'm finding that, oh, where you're having to do maybe some graphic work and some video work, I'm mm -hmm. having to switch gears and do communication, communication based stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a really interesting experience to have, especially if you weren't trained for it or don't know like mm -hmm. the, the history of the profession. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so it, it's fulfilling creatively then. Oh, for sure. I, I, I definitely get a lot out of it. I will still say that, uh, you know, my most, most fulfilling work is when I get to make our uh, television commercials, our radio ads and things like that, when I get to kind of combine all of my skill sets. I feel like that is when I really feel like I'm in the groove uh, with what I want to do in my career. I don't know if there is necessarily a full-time guy that makes commercials for companies position out there, or you know maybe that's more of an ad agency type thing. But it, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, yeah, there was. Uh, I remember meeting a, a fellow out in Steubenville, Ohio. Uh, I think it's M Media. Like that's all they do mm. is just make commercials and. I hope his business is doing well right now because right. no one is advertising. Um, how yeah, we has, just uh, made the yeah. uh, sorry we yeah, we just okay. made the you know the kind of the tone that everyone has been going for, and I we just launched it yesterday. 
uh, but kind of like the LH Strong, like in the Laurel Highlands about a way to bring our businesses together and to look out for each other, you know, through this mm -hmm. crisis. So, you know, you know, I think everyone's kind of pivoting and doing something similar. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to ask you about that because uh, this is something that I'm experiencing. So um, our, our work tends to, you and I, our work tends to cross over in more ways than one, at least philosophically. So for example, you just mentioned LH Strong, mm -hmm. and that's really try, a, a, cam, a campaign, for lack of a better word, to get people to invest in their local economies, um, right. their, their neighborhood businesses right down the street. Um, what I'm experiencing where I live in Bellevue is uh, that campaign has also hit here. However, it's more organic. Um, so, and I think maybe this would be an ideal natural result of the work that you're doing. So you lead the charge, you create the comms and, and the strategy, and then ultimately the people at benefits take it on themselves. So the, the, the local hardware store, um, this is the flagship store for like six other hardware stores in Ohio and Pennsylvania, and they're going all out with trying to help the community and the community in turn recognizes that uh, investment and that willingness to support. And now people are going to that hardware store and making orders for things mm -hmm. that they don't even really need. Um, right. So there's a reciprocal investment. Would that be a sort of a natural conclusion to the, to LH strong? Yes, that is exactly what we're going for. So the video is really our phase one of this. We want to, you know, put that out there. Just something that we like have great voiceover, good music, just tight editing, mm -hmm. and really kind of like inspire. First, we want to get people, you know, the aspirational piece of that. But yeah. already, I've communicated internally with. We have six hundred partners, so I've communicated with them, and I shared all the LH Strong assets. So they have the logo, they have printable uh, signs that they can go and hang up in their place of business. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and uh, they have their own assets that they're going to be able to create uh, with this as they go. So we've already seen a, a few people organically posting to Instagram, but we really hope that that picks up in the coming right. week. My goal at the end, like, I don't, you know, I don't want any credit or, you know, we, we don't need any money from this. It's all about, I hope that at the end, no one knows Laurel Highlands even made this. Everyone just right. remembers LA Strong as a way that our three counties came together, you know, to combat this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that would be... A, an ideal and perhaps even longer term, it mm -hmm. becomes a sustainable platform. You know, like you're telling very specific stories of people in place and how they're transforming those people in places uh, while being quarantined. Mm -hmm. uh, it's quite an interesting dynamic. Um, I see awards in your future, um, well, but nevertheless, yeah, but, but seriously though, like, Comms, design, marketing, they take on uh, a stronger life when they loop in things like community engagement and economic development. You know, I would say essentially that's what you're actually doing. Right. It's, it's less comms and advertising and it's like full on economic development. Um, and it's also something that, you know, everyone can believe in. So like your pitch yep. there, it's absolutely true everyone can relate to it and there's a lower barrier for entry. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's something we definitely need in this time when, you know, a, a lot of our advertising budgets have stopped or slowed completely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we've had to make stuff that's going to be hard hitting, more general, easy to access, you know, no barrier to entry type of mm -hmm. content that people can get on board right away. 
turn that around and then use it themselves. Right. So uh, switching gears real quick, what areas does the Laurel Highlands serve? Sure. So we are a uh, three-county region. We do Westmoreland, Fayette, and Somerset. So we okay. kind of like hug Pittsburgh to like the east and south. Uh, so we're everything from like Greensburg, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Murraysville type area, uh, all the way up into New Ken in the north. And then we go down all the way to like Falling Water, Ohio Pile, uh, and out southeast to Seven Springs. Okay. So it's really a, a, a pretty wide net when you consider like the, the land mass of these counties. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're huge counties and yes. it's mostly completely rural. Mm -hmm. I mean, the closer you get to Pittsburgh, you get some urban centers, but it's mostly rural. Um, and, you know, I always thought, I, was, I recall thinking like, Jared's actually kind of lucky he's at LH because <laughs> uh, they actually have things. Yes, yeah. Know? Yeah, like they have a lot of assets and you know even like the, the rural countryside isn't of itself an asset um so what's your strategy on promoting uh laurel highlands like when when how long have you been there when did you first start your job i just uh, i was three years in february so i've now just three been years. a little over three years okay so when you first hit that job Mm -hmm. What was your sort of goal and ambitions and have, have you been able to make them, a, have they manifested in reality? Sure. Uh, so, you know, when, when I started at the Laurel Highlands, uh, I think we were in the middle of a pretty big transition period. I think we wanted to go to new places with the website. I think we wanted to do new things with our uh, destination guide. And that, if you get, uh, go to our site, you can see that. That's like our main printed piece. And for a lot of destination organizations, like those are your two biggest assets, are your, your website and uh, your printed destination guide that you put out yearly with everything that you want a visitor to do. So like, we were in the middle of you know, transitional projects with, with both of those. So I was spearheading more of the, the uh, website portion of that. And we transformed that uh, into something that was like way more searchable, that you know, there were a lot of features that were just kind of like, had ballooned onto there and it became this like animal almost right so we had this like website that did everything but when you looked at the analytics it wasn't doing much and people weren't using that functionality so we were making something modern that was actually useful to uh you know the, to potential visitors and to residents and all of our our groups that regularly visit the website you know so that was uh that was pretty much year one uh, and year two it was uh, we did a big marketing study my first year and we got tons of great uh, results from Red House uh, in Pittsburgh, if you've ever used them. Yep. They were just talking, you know, all this consumer behavior stuff, all the stuff that I like live for. Like, here's where your travelers are coming from. Here's what they're actually interested in. Here's your like pillars of advertising that you need to right. be hitting on and here in, in, in these geographic areas. So, I mean, we took all of that, all that data, all those recommendations and made it into you know, 12 month campaigns that I execute, you know, December to January, you know, every year where, you know, we are just in December, we start running with our, with our winter ads. And so we're very seasonal. So I start doing all of our skiing, all of our, you know, winter sports, all of our kind of like resort spa getaway type things for right. December, January, February, you know, transition into spring content. And then really with our heavy hitting seasons of uh, summer and fall of all the great outdoor stuff to do in our rural area like you mentioned just so you know so many amenities that you can only do for maybe a, a few specific months and then they close up and you have to wait again 
So storytelling in this respect is going to help really drive uh, people to these activities, to these places. Mm -hmm. um, and each one of them has their own unique story, and especially it depends on, on who's telling them, right? Um, so what kind of story or how do you tell a story that you resonates with people that are interested in coming to the Laurel Highlands? I feel like it's, you know, just from my perspective, you know, I'm out there occasionally just by mm -hmm. default due to proximity, me being in Pittsburgh, but like, how do you get people from other states to care? Right. Yeah. So you have to, you have to demonstrate why they're, why you're worth the drive. And that's, I think the pitch that, that we are making a lot of the time. So we have to go to uh, consumers in, you know, maybe Detroit or maybe, you know, Cleveland, Columbus that may not be familiar with us. And what a lot of times at a 15 second video ad, I have to make the pitch and try to uh, close the deal to a click to a right. website or at least, you know, to some sort of inquiry to try to get them, you know, to get a destination guide and have some interest in our website. So again, from that Red House study, we have, we have really tailored everything we're doing down to age range and activity level and interest online down to, you know, very specific sites you're going to, to try to target you with, uh, with that specific content. So, you know, you're going to be seeing different ads from us than, you know, your students that are watching this, as opposed sure. to, you know, my parents that would see, a, you know, a completely different uh, ad experience because I want them to be doing other things in the Laurel Highlands. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think at the beginning, the, the storytelling starts with making sure that I'm hitting an audience that is going to be receptive to what I'm even right. selling, right? You, I think a lot of times you can create great content or great videos and they have an audience of none. Uh, so you, you spend all this money <laughs> yeah. and, and you create this, these beautiful assets, this beautiful website, and you launch this thing and it has no legs because there was no audience for it to begin with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you basically just described higher education. <laughs> you know, the, the phrase of like the best laid plans of mice and men, et cetera, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that is absolutely the case on my end. You know, I could spend days stitching together a beautiful video package or, mm -hmm. you know, a series of ads and they just fall flat. Yes. You know, not constantly, but I mean, it, it happens to all of us on, on my side of things. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's super frustrating. But it's one of those things where like you still have to produce the content right um because sometimes having some content is better than not having any and i would actually argue <laughs> against that uh i think there are some cases where just not having anything is maybe better but <laughs> nevertheless <laughs> i have to be careful here with my higher ed background what i say <laughs> oh yeah yeah well of course i mean yeah, well no. i don't think i'm saying anything that uh is, hasn't been thought of before but um for example, uh, and this is rather timely, an example of content that I wish did not exist, mm -hmm. virtual graduations. Oh, right. Um, I, I watched one on YouTube the other day, um, and it basically had all the executives of the institution, the deans and the department chairs, they're all sitting on a stage and they're cap and gown, and no one was there. Mm -hmm. It was incredibly staged. Um, and there was like a teleprompter. So the, the, the speakers, the, the executives, they didn't come at anything naturally or mm -hmm. organically. It just felt very rehearsed and at times monotone and tone deaf. And Ugh. I was just like, yeah, this is a situation where that should just not exist. 
Um, Cause sometimes like imagining what your graduation would be is actually better than experiencing a virtual one, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah. No, I've seen some very uh, amazing stuff being done in that space. I saw someone trying to do a graduation ceremony in Roblox or in uh, Minecraft or in something else. I'm just, <laughs> right. Like, like, guys, what do you like? What do you think this is going to be, even at its best? Mm-hmm. Like, how good can this be with your Roblox character running around causing right. mayhem during a ceremony? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I would, I, I would probably find that actually very entertaining, but... Uh, right. For yeah. me, I want to <laughs> attend all of those virtual ones, just like, and also be like adding to the chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, now, I don't know Minecraft well at all. I just know that like you can tear the ground apart and go right? underground. <laughs> I think I would try to tear the, the ground apart underneath wherever the podium would be <laughs> and just have them fall into this pit. Uh, <laughs> well, we gotta keep it if we see one we can join in yeah we'll have to go in yeah. and see what we're able to do because that would be a good video yeah let's look at um at the the art schools that teach like video game and animation design right we can figure it out <laughs> um so you had said you started in in higher ed uh before mm-hmm. the uh tourism marketing what what were you doing uh, so I was doing pretty similar to what I was, what I'm doing now. I, you know, just, I guess to a way different and uh, I guess a, like a, a smaller target audience at the end of the day, you know, where I'm really just going towards students in that 16 to 18 range and their mm-hmm. parents uh, to kind of get them interested in visiting the college. But I worked for uh, Mercyhurst, uh, Westmoreland County Community College and for St. Vincent, all as okay. a digital marketing role. And okay. pretty much at every place I went in, they were in the middle of a web design. This seems to be my calling card, even though it's it, I, like it doesn't get mentioned in the interview. But I come in, there's a whole new website project. I like take mm-hmm. that over the finish line, uh, and then I guess I'm on to the next place. Yeah, so, you know, doing that, uh, you know, even at, at three C's was was creating social media. It was just like it was their first venture into that world, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times people didn't know about how this was going to be used uh, in a marketing uh, function. So it was creating that and onboarding and trying to get people to trust these platforms. Right. So, you know, this sounds like cliche now to like, like I was starting in a time when people had, didn't have a Facebook presence at all with their pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and my, how that, that world has evolved and turned. Mm-hmm. You probably, when you started, you probably had maybe no budget for social media. Oh no. And now social media is most of your budget. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at three, you know, I'm, you know, just going back to like, and what people were willing to pay for it and things, we would go and pitch people. Uh, this was even before Mercyhurst. I was with a little two-person firm in uh, downtown Pittsburgh. We would mm-hmm. talk about like, this is what we can do with you for SEO and for blogging and for all of this stuff. And like, the skepticism was so real at that time, and, it, and all of it was just trying to pitch people to be like, to, to take a chance on this for an right. incredibly low amount of money. That content marketing stuff is a fad. <laughs> it is not a strategy. It doesn't add anything at all. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah. my thing, my, there was always my foot in the door. This doesn't work anymore because of how Google has changed. But I would just go right. and I'd be like, tell me the keyword. I will get you to the first base of Google in like a month. If I don't, don't pay us. Right. But like back then there were ways to do it. And like we knew them and that's what we executed. We're like, we'll get right. you to the first page of this term. Like, let's go. Let's get, you know, unless it was like, I don't know something insane like toys like i can't promise you that but for one of those, <laughs> right 
when no one was talking long tail keywords, that's what we were doing. We were taking all the people's long tail keywords, making landing pages and blog content for it and getting them optimized and like surging them in the, in, in the search results. So, you know, and like my, how far we've come since then. So I don't know if you can hear this thumping in the background, <laughs> but my daughter is throwing a ball at the door. Excellent. And I'm about ready to take it away from her. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think my, my wife has it. Anyway. Um, cool. Okay. So, uh, so you've got a background in higher ed. You're learning how to market to people, specifically a 16 to 18 demographic and their parents, 42 mm -hmm. to 53. Um, so your, your career has really been defined by marketing to people. Mm -hmm. um, and not, you know, business to business. It's very much B to C. Um, and I, you know, when you're on the admissions side, you learn a lot about how people, uh, perceive your advertising and your communications and you're able to nudge and tweak and mold and shape, uh, changes to that and sort of like an AB testing, uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I can see all of that learning being able to transition really well to, to tourism marketing. Um, what are some of the more salient sort of lessons you learned on the higher ed side that maybe transitioned to tourism? Sure. Um, man, I just think at the end of the day, like you, I just think you learn to trust a lot of the platforms and a lot of the things that you're using. And yeah, I think a lot of people, like even I was skeptical of some of the stuff or of Google AdWords and, and things like that, because I was running on such a micro budget for so many things. And I would get to the end of a campaign and, you know, I would have some clicks or some data and I was like, are these, am I actually doing anything? Am I actually like getting people in the door? And it was super hard to track. So I mm -hmm. felt like, you know, there were long stretches of my career where I was unsure. I, you know, I had some Google Analytics and some Facebook right. ad data, but I didn't have anything like solid. So when I was able to start with, you know, with the Laurel Highlands and we had a bigger digital budget, I was able to like tie those into specific routes, like bookings right. on our website or requesting our poor tour passport or requesting a destination guide. And I was able to track them all the way from like top of the funnel down to becoming a visitor. And even if, right. seeing if they're a recurring visitor, were they one time, did they come back, did they stay at the same place uh, type of thing. And that has been probably like the most rewarding part of my career is just being, seeing the impact I'm able to have on the local economy with hoteliers, mm -hmm. with uh, local attractions and all of that. So I know a lot of it was staying the course from, you know, not knowing much at the beginning to being like, oh, you know, what I'm doing is working and it is making a tangible difference uh, in this region. And that's all been super fulfilling. I'm really excited about building like new platforms where they did not exist before. Mm. So I'm actually kind of jealous that you got to come in and like build this framework that works for you. And with how marketing technology is set up now, a lot of it's automated, right? right. So it's, it's all at your fingertips really at any given time. And you're able to glean a lot of meaningful information out of it to build smart, sensible strategy. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of tools are you using? Are you guys on Salesforce at all? What do you What do you use? Yeah, so uh, we don't do a ton of marketing automation, other than okay. uh, you know some of the stuff that's built into Facebook and Google uh, automatically. But one thing mm -hmm. I do use that I love and I love to talk about because it's probably where everything is going uh, is AdScale. So it's a company oh. we use 
I don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about <laughs> that? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, please, please yeah. tell me. You love talking about it. I, I, I want to learn. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so and it's just like so. They basically it is a software program. It's completely uh, artificial intelligence driven uh, that you run over your Google AdWords platform. So. Uh, you know, for those of you like maybe the who are watching this that have never used it for Google AdWords, I'm going to bid on a term like uh, hotels in PA, and I say mm -hmm. I'm willing to spend a dollar for a click uh, to my website for that. And I run that. I set the keywords. I set the you know how much I'm willing to spend and all of that manually. Uh, with AdScale, they're able to come in and I tell them my budget. And I tell them kind of my keywords, and they're able to perceive the changes in search volume kind of minute by minute and update my bid strategy. So before I would have to come in every day and be like, cool, that was too high. I'm going to lower it five cents or I was bidding too low and I wasn't getting enough impressions. I'm going to raise that up to $1.50 and see mm -hmm. how that goes. And you know, if you do that and you're running 20 campaigns, all of a sudden that's your entire day is updating right. your budgets and you know, how much value are you getting out of that? So to have an AI take that over because it's a very menial task, but then deliver amazing results, which is why I've stuck mm -hmm. with them. Um, and like we are just being like it's so measurable to see we are getting more clicks. The those clicks are driving you know more people that are actually interested in in our page uh, than Google AdWords was. It's people that are staying on the site longer. They're clicking through mm -hmm. to more pages. So you know I'm not just getting junk robot clicks as well. Uh, so like. That sort of technology, when it's implemented like kind of across the board, is going to be something that really, I think, changes digital marketing and is going to yeah. just let us run so many more slicker campaigns than we ever thought possible. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. I, I, I have an, a fascination with uh, automated marketing myself. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of Salesforce journeys mm -hmm. um, and... You know, I'm I'm just really now digging into the very granular details of, of how that works, and mm -hmm. the metrics on it are fantastic. Um, so, I mean, and then when you compare those metrics against your Google Analytics, and mm -hmm. then all the other tools that you have, like, I mean, it's it's kind of remarkable how structured your job can become in that mm -hmm. respect. Um, I'm glad there's a tool out there that does the adjustments to the ad buys because uh, that sounds awful. <laughs> like to have to do that manually. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I mean, your, your strategy, you wouldn't even have one. It would always be pivoting or have to be modified yes, uh, exactly. unless you had like a, a top end sort of limit on how much you were going to spend on key mm -hmm. phrases and stuff like that. So, um, I wanted to switch gears again. I had a mm -hmm. question for you, and this is maybe out of my own curiosity. So right now, my students are, my Pitt students are working on a project where they're rebranding the, the city of Hermitage, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and uh, Hermitage is about, well, you're actually probably relatively familiar with it, having mm -hmm. worked at Mercyhurst for a spell. But uh, it's about an hour and a half uh, north of Pittsburgh. Um, it's a small uh, community at roughly a 10,000 population and they're really trying to kickstart their economic development, kickstart their tourism. And they're starting with a, uh, a brand identity strategy. Nice. Right. So, um, my students are doing the, the research. They're looking at numbers. They're reading laws, uh, and the corporate structure of the city and all of these details that will eventually yield uh, a report that makes sense to that community, mm -hmm. right? 
In the three county radius that you serve, uh, you have communities there that all perceive themselves differently, mm -hmm. even though in reality they have more similarities than differences. Mm -hmm. How do you adjust your marketing for the Visitors Bureau relative to the individual identities of these municipalities? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. Uh, I, think, I think the best way to answer that is kind of just be like our strategy on, I, I would say like paid content as opposed mm -hmm. to organic content. So, you know, with our paid strategies, we usually go for a lot more of our brand like pillars of things that we know you are going to visit the area for. So things like Falling Water, uh, Ohio Pile, Seven Springs, Namakolam, yep. things that no other region really have something comparable and we know we can draw you to the area. So that's kind of our like far reaching, like this is how we get a foot in the door type thing. You know, mm. the, the uh, kind of like the, the, the discovery phase, that's how I want to reach you. And then with that more specific content uh, about the individual towns, about the like, you know, the individual, I don't know, quirks for lack of a better word, the things that sure. make those towns special, that's way more of our organic strategy. That's the stuff we want to post day in and day out uh, on all mm -hmm. of our social media channels, our blog and everything. And that's where I think that content like thrives. People love seeing stuff written about their towns. People are filled with hometown pride uh, right. and they want to talk about the stuff that makes their town special. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, you know, they see that it moves them and they are more willing to share that and talk about it. And then when you start expanding that way, you know, you can truly see something start to go like, you know, I think viral is an overused term. But, yeah. You know, you can see that something that really outgrows uh, how much effort you put into it, right? You wrote this blog for two hours. It's well researched. It has some nice photos. But then you can see it for years and years on your Google Analytics getting hits because people go back to it. They share it with mm -hmm. new people and it keeps growing. So I'm not sure. Does uh, that get at what we were talking about? Absolutely. Okay. It, you know, viral is absolutely an overused term and now an inappropriate one. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? Pardon me. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, no, I, I'm glad to hear that because it, it brings uh, this idea of compatibility mm -hmm. to the four. So the compatibility between your marketing efforts and that of the municipalities that you essentially serve, right? right? Or you want to promote. Now, the, the Visitors Bureau is probably the most prepared and set up to promote those individual municipalities than they are themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so I could see them really relying on you and uh, your organization to help them promote themselves. Um, and in some cases, like it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, you know, I can't, there's not a lot here that we can work with. Mm -hmm. There's some things, but, um, you know, I won't name any, any cities or municipalities at that. Um, but I can see that being a challenge, uh, to, to want to work with someone they're excited and invested and they want to be a part of your system, mm -hmm. but they don't have much to offer. So how do you kind of pivot from that or propose a, a solution? Yeah, yeah, that's, it is difficult because you, you will have, you know, people that want to come on and it's really just like, it is just not a good fit and you know, it won't be a good investment. You know, we're a paid partnership organization. So there are times we have to have that conversation. It's like, Hey, we, we love what you're doing, but I don't know that I can't sell you a spot in our destination guide and our website, you know, when I don't think it's going to benefit you, when I don't think you're right. going to recoup, like, 
that money. So, you know, I think sometimes just being honest upfront opens the door for real conversation later, maybe when their business changes or their strategy changes. And then you're able to, I think, have a lot, like when you've already been transparent with mm -hmm. them, I think they're going to rely on you more in the future to do things with and for them. Now, is the Visitors Bureau a nonprofit? Yeah, so we're a 501c6. Yeah. So uh, okay. we're, we're not a full, like the, we do get uh, tax revenue, we get the, the lodging tax. So that's what funds us. Uh, so it's what makes this current time so challenging is, you know, when you kind of get your hotel room and your Airbnb, when you look and see that little like hotel tax, that's what funds your Visitors Bureau. You know, so whenever you're traveling and you see that, like, oh, that's going to my local Visitors Bureau to promote uh, our area. And that's something I had no idea before I started in tourism. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the reason I bring it up is because, you know, with tourism marketing, especially if you're attached to a Visitors Bureau, you're sort mm -hmm. of, uh, you, you're definitely a nonprofit. And in some cases, you're a quasi-governmental agency. So right. in different states, they're actually a part of uh, a county or state government. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the, the need for income is not necessarily a priority as is the need to accommodate and conform to the mission of the organization, right? Absolutely. So right. when you have to have question, when you have to have conversations with municipalities that want to self-select in and onboard, but there's no practical room for them to do that because they don't have the assets that ideally they need to mm -hmm. make a program profitable, you can actually have a realistic conversation with them and it comes back down to uh, mission. Mm -hmm. You know, it does not conform to our mission. Um, and we would be doing you a disservice to betray our own mission in that respect. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even to build on that, you know, it, like, so, you know, we get the room tax, right? So that's what funds us. And that, you know, so we want a lot of visitors. But at the end of the day, the people that control our organization are actually the voters in our three counties. Mm -hmm. So we have we are beholden to them as well in a good way because we want to portray the area like they want it to be portrayed and to do their communities right. But you know the the, the citizens can vote and they can decertify you. See, they can say you don't represent us as a tourism bureau anymore, right. and we're going to take our hotel tax somewhere else and do something else with it. So you know th there's a lot of conversations we have to have before we we start any major initiative. Uh, you know, there's just, you know, many things uh, that factor in. There's government, there's local politics, there's residents, mm -hmm. there's visitors, you know, and all that goes into a decision. So, you know, I, I think sometimes it's like, oh, it's so simple. Why couldn't we just do it this way? There's, there's, right. there's always many reasons why not. Yeah. So, um, as I had said, my students are doing this work in Hermitage. And I've actually had some of them come to me and say like, hey, I have a really keen interest in tourism marketing or, mm -hmm. you know, representing marketing communications on the government side. And um, what would your advice be, I think, in that context to graduating seniors that want to get into tourism marketing? Sure. Uh, so I would say like the, a lot of the places I see the opportunities for are going to be your smaller to medium sized uh, businesses. You know, I don't know if starting off and going right into a tourism agency is usually there's one, like I said, we have one in three counties uh, and we go, kind of go from there as opposed to looking at kind of these smaller people that are in tourism. So say like your whitewater rafting companies in Ohio pile, like there's four mm -hmm. different companies in Ohio pile that do whitewater rafting tours and they need people to help with the marketing uh, and that. So that's like 
being a part of a smaller organization and seeing what's available like there is a great way to get your foot in the door. I know a lot of people that have started there, you know, just started a smaller organization and kind of, you know, worked their way up and are now on to bigger and better things and are now, you know, in some cases running their own tourism bureaus in, you know, neighboring counties. Right. So it's a great entry point. So if, you know, go to visit Pittsburgh or whatever your local DMO, your destination marketing organization is, research that and see, you know, who are their partners? Uh, you know, which places are kind of like do a lot of business, but are probably only run by five to 10 people that you mm-hmm. could come in with what you know and make an immediate impact. So uh, that's great advice. And I'm curious because I think some people will be looking for inspiration. In your work, mm-hmm. who inspires you? Who? So I, we definitely get inspiration from many different factors. And this is something I make my employees do as well, is we take time mm-hmm. out of our day to look around and see what the other tourism agencies are doing. Like, what are the things that are, that are wowing you throughout the organization? So like right off the top of my head, I know Visit Montana, their photography is like the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if like Montana is just that beautiful. I get big sky country. Like I get it. Like you have a lot of those natural resources, but like the focus they put on photography uh, and all their strategies is just phenomenal. Like I'm blown away. If you just want to relax today, like go to visit Montana's site, go to their Instagram feed and just scroll for days and you'll be blown away. Um, You know, we look uh, across the state to the Poconos as uh, a region very similar to us that has had, you know, a a great deal of success uh, marketing their industry. And they offer a lot of what we offer. So a lot of outdoor, rural wonder, uh, some great landmarks and, you know, beautiful hotels and resorts. Uh, We don't have the like heart shaved hot tubs, but we have uh, pretty much everything else the Poconos has to offer. So we, you know, we look to our neighbors uh, as well. And, you know, conferences exist between not just the state DMOs, but like DMOs across the country. So we try Mm -hmm. to attend those every year to get a great sense uh, of what people are doing. Even, you know, little like off the, off the cuff ideas that you don't think will go anywhere, but end up being award-winning and doing great things. Uh, (laughs) Visit Lexington is known for their horses and uh, their, uh, their dude, uh, Gaithan, who is very active throughout the tourism agency. He goes and uh, he's like a horse walks into a bar segment where they actually just got a horse, walked him in one to one of the neighborhood bars and kind of recorded and like stuff like I'm that. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> like, so, and I know you experienced this, but like when you hear of like an idea that's just like either just so good or delivered so well, it's just mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's like, that's why I say I'm very blessed to be in this industry now, because I mean, I get the green light on a lot of ideas. It's why I would, you know, your creative types that are going to be in these classes, like look for Mm. jobs in the tourism and hospitality industry. Like you, like, I don't know, I'm just unchained a lot of the time. A lot of times I can just go and create what I want. And, uh, you know, I have to run it by someone at the end of the day, but it's mostly a yes. Right. We'll throw it at the wall, see what sticks. You never know. Horse walks into a bar. Right, exactly. That thing went viral and got like 14 million views and was on all the local news. Like that thing was a huge hit. And wow. like, he, like he knew someone with the horse and they just like brought him in. Like, so it cost them nothing. They had a film crew for one day and made this yeah. incredible thing. Wow. That's, that's so good. I love, <laughs> I love stuff like that. Love it. Yes. Love it. But very okay. different than what I was doing in higher ed. I will tell you that. No, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't think we could get away with that. 
you know, I was thinking of like, oh, uh, my alma mater, uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, their mm -hmm. mascot is the bee. So uh, a group of bees flies into a bar and everyone dies from bee allergies. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, I, got, I got nothing there. Right, uh, right. <laughs> well, uh, I think this is a, a good point to, to pivot and sort of uh, wind down on closing our, our conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you kind of touched on like how to, you know, recommending to students to look for careers in, in marketing or tourism marketing. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any advice in general for uh, marketing and design students that are graduating in a few weeks and they're mm -hmm. sort of entering a volatile, unsure economy uh, where jobs may be a little bit more difficult to come by? What would you say to them? Sure. No, and I'm, I'm really glad you asked me that. So I will say to all of you that are looking at this situation and, and understandably frightened. And as, as well, you know, I think a lot of people should be. I will say that, you know, I, I graduated in uh, 2008 and the housing economy immediately crashed. So mm -hmm. it tanked and the first thing everybody cut was their videographer, their uh, graphic designer, and their marketer, right? Yep. You're the first one to go. They tighten up your Always the casualties. First you're the first one to go and it and it happens and right right so i was coming out of the exact worst time to uh jump into a marketing position and you know you know i had opportunities in other industries and i could have went more down a sales route or i could have went more down a you know frontline uh sort of route but mm -hmm. but i didn't want to uh so i stuck to what i knew i wanted to do and what i was passionate about and you know when i graduated it probably took Oh, uh, it's still five, six months to get a foot in the door. And I landed with a very tiny agency and we just had our idea of doing SEO on a very small scale for a couple companies. Uh, and, you know, I was able to do that. I wasn't making any money and it wasn't about that. It was about getting the experience and getting the contacts and about, you know, being able to branch out and make the next jump in my career. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I'm super thankful that I stuck with what I was doing and, and made those decisions. So, you know, I was, you know, I'm able to be, you know, living in Pittsburgh and uh, marketing an amazing, amazing, you know, uh, tourism region and just doing stuff that I love uh, with, you know, a, a healthy budget and being told yes on a lot of my ideas uh, because I stuck with that. So I, at the end of the day, my advice would be to not be discouraged by what's going to happen in the next, you know, four or five months. You know, in tourism, we're talking now about you know, this might be years until there's a, a full recovery for us. Not that right. it is for a lot of other industries. We're going to be hit the hardest by this. But to understand that when this is over, uh, everyone will realize very quickly how much they need marketing. You Absolutely. Know, people have stimulus checks coming in. No one is traveling. Everyone is saving money. And they are going to come out of this with money to burn. And everyone is going to be looking for that dollar. And that means hiring the best marketers to get that done. So, you know, in a way I see, you know, probably in about six months here, it's going to be the most competitive ad buy uh, you've ever experienced. Uh, oh, it's going to surge. Absolutely. November 2020 will probably be the most insane ad spend I've ever seen with the presidential campaign on top of mm -hmm. everyone getting their budgets back in order and trying to get those Christmas sales to get the numbers back. You know, yeah. like everyone is going to be hiring come uh, September, October, guaranteed. Super Bowl ad spends will be a thing of the past, right? Oh, right, oh, right. Yeah. The, you're going to see ad spends this, this fall that will blow things out of the water, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Everyone's trying to make it back. You're, we're going to be seeing all the major sports coming back. We're going to, like, presidential election. 
I yep. everything. Tour, every, all of the tourism agencies are going to want every single room booked for years after this. So our next conversation will basically be a year and a half from now because you're mm. going to be busy. Yes, uh, absolutely. You wouldn't, <laughs> Hopefully. even yeah. with everything, you know, closed right now, we are still, you know, if I can just talk, you know, talk for a minute about what we're up to. Please. You know, we are, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have probably 90% of, of what we're doing closed. So it's like, oh, what do you do as a tourism agency when there's nothing to visit? So, you know, mm -hmm. we're developing resources for everything that's open, all of our takeout uh, and delivery places. We have that organized in a list. All of our breweries and wineries that are doing like curbside pickup and uh, delivery and things like that to survive. Uh, we are doing, I made a page on Friday of all the online experiences. So we have like yoga studios and uh, virtual tours at Kentuck Knob and some of the Frank Lloyd Wright properties, uh, online art classes, even stage right in Greensburg doing online acting and uh, jazz classes, which I thought cool. was amazing. So it's all these ways that people are evolving, even in this tough situation. And we're still mm -hmm. trying to get the word out, uh, you know, as much as possible to, you know, keep business going. Right. Life doesn't stop. That's right. That's right. Well, if anyone is interested in reaching out to you, how can they, how can they get a hold of you, learn more about Laurel Highlands Visitors Bureau? Sure. Yeah. You can feel free to email me directly. Uh, the letter J Bundy, B-U-N-D-Y at laurelhighlands.org. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you, even just like look over a resume or give you a recommendation or something like that. I always enjoy talking to students and being able to help them. Uh, so yeah, if you want to reach out to me directly, do that. I do encourage you to look at laurelhighlands.org, see how a destination uh, marketing organization runs uh, and what we're, the service that they're able to provide for the counties, for the local businessmen uh, and women and, and, and everyone uh, involved. So yeah, just... Any, anything you can do to help spread the word of the Laurel Highlands, and please be in touch. I would love to be a resource uh, and uh, hopefully hire a couple people when we uh, bounce back here. There we go. All right. Well, thank you, Jared. I appreciate it. Thanks, RJ. All right. Take care. Stay safe. You, you too. Bye-bye.